0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Future. This is a weekly political and philosophical podcast that follows current events, primarily in the United States, but occasionally throughout the entire world. We look at legislation, laws, statements, and issues, our possible solutions to those issues, and how we might do better so that there may one day be a bright future. I'm your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam, or my, by my screen name, the Stormeye. Before we start, a warning. This is a political show made by a young and rather inexperienced person. This show is as much about forming my opinion as it is sharing it with you. I'm not afraid to try and tackle topics that may be divisive. For lack of a better term, you or I may become offended at points. This is not my intention, but is unfortunately unavoidable when discussing certain topics. If you don't agree with me or think I missed something, let me know as I do record these episodes in a Discord voice chat. Link is in the description, or you can also leave a comment if you're listening to this on YouTube. However, do keep our debate civilized, so I have organized the following rules to help guide us. First, don't insult others, but instead discuss and debate each other's arguments in a respectful manner. Second, take into account new information and keep your opinions flexible. Be sure to update your opinion based on new information, but when doing so, Keep in mind the remaining rules, which are a series of philosophical razors. Third is Hitchens' Razor. That which can be stated without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. With anyone able to shout fake news, rough facts can be difficult to find in our digital era, so make sure to go to the very source rather than just a screenshot of social media. The only exceptions are for basic universal truths like the Earth is an Oblate Spheroid, Fourth is the Sagan Standard, which states that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence to prove them. Make sure when discussing to include sources, like straight from the White House or the CDC. Fifth is Hanlon's Razor, which states that we should not attribute to malice that which can be reasonably attributed to just plain stupidity. It's entirely possible that most people in positions of power aren't evil, but instead just out of touch and totally clueless as to what we the people actually need. lastly is Occam's Razor, which states that simpler explanations that make the least assumptions are more likely to be correct. I record these episodes live in a voice chat that anyone is free to join the debate. These rules stand for that voice call, as well as the comments if you're listening to this on YouTube, or for the chat room if you're on my Discord server. They also apply directly to me and I always keep them in mind when writing and recording these episodes. With no further delay, let's begin. This week, I'm going to try something a little bit different. I've got my prepared essay for various events that happened in the last week, but instead of reading the whole thing and then going to the listeners, I'll instead stop between each section to discuss if there's anyone in the voice chat. The first thing I want to talk about was Nancy Pelosi, because this week Nancy Pelosi, the current Speaker of the House of Representatives, announced that she would be stepping down. Both the President and the Vice President put out statements about her. Currently, Nancy is serving as Speaker of the House for the second time, she had her first stint between 2007 and 2011, and then her current run between 2019 and until January 3rd, when the midterm winners are sworn in. Glossius stated that she will continue to be a congresswoman for California, as she did win this year's uh, midterms. While I disagree with most of her political stances, especially Prism and the whole waterboarding thing, she at the very least is not seen especially stupid or evil. She's also not my congressperson, so there's nothing I can do about not agreeing with her opinions, especially considering that she won her district this year with 83% of the votes. Regarding her political stances, is actually how I learned about PRISM. It's a program used by the NSA to collect internet communications that flow through servers that are located in the United States. PRISM was top secret until Edward Snowden blew the whistle. He released 41 classified PowerPoint slides leaked to the media in October of 2013. Various politicians, including Pelosi, released various statements about it, like not knowing about it existing for most of them, but Pelosi didn't know it existed and she defended its existence. According to those leaked PowerPoint slides, the way Prism works is it collects emails, videos, voice chats, videos, photos, cookies, file transfers, social networking details, and more, from most major websites based in the United States, beginning with Microsoft back in 2007. Basically, it issues a subpoena or a legal request to various internet service providers and other uh, forms of social media and other major internet companies, basically, and then that information all gets sent to PRISM. And according to Edward Snowden, analysts can then search that PRISM data using basically any term to locate darn near any internet traffic they want. However, the Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, stated in 2013 in a closed-door session with the uh, Senate that it was only used to collect information on foreigners as a defense program against national security threats. Also, Clapper told the Senate that the NSA does not wittingly collect any type of data on hundreds of millions of Americans. He later admitted this statement was a lie. This story broke while I was in middle school, so I don't remember the specifics on when or how this happened or any specifics about the story, but this program looks like it's still active, despite basically total public backlash. However, while reading about it, I learned something even worse about PRISM. When this story broke, the United States military blocked access to parts of various news websites for their defense personnel around the country, and completely blocked access for personnel stationed throughout the Middle East just so they couldn't learn about this. On the one hand, I don't think I should care if PRISM has these voice calls or recordings. After all, it's all live-streamed anyway for pretty much anyone to hear. That's right, NSA agent who was assigned to listen to this, you could have just gone to my podcast website, YouTube, or Twitch channel to get all of this. No super-secret government surveillance program required. You could even pick up some merch while you are at it. I bet you feel pretty stupid now. On the other hand, this feels a lot like a legal search and seizure. I'm no lawyer, but I know at the very least in order to search through my house or car, you need one of three things. You either need my permission, probable cause, or a warrant. PRISM accesses millions of people of data, without any of these things, and for over six years it did so without our knowledge even. I understand that there's national security reasons for its existence, but still, if you need permission, cause, or a warrant to search my physical possessions, shouldn't that also extend to my digital possessions? Oh, right, we were talking about Nancy Pelosi stepping down, so with Nancy out as Speaker of the House, who will take her place, and will be second in line to be President after the Vice President? Well. The House elects its speaker at the beginning of a new Congress, which will happen next on January 3rd. We won't actually know until then, but part of me wonders. There isn't a constitutional requirement that the Speaker be an incumbent member of Congress, but it's still never happened. Yet. Our democracy is still quite young, and new firsts are made almost every election.
1: Anything to add? Honestly, uh... I would not
2: be too concerned about the reality that the Speaker can be elected from outside of Congress because a Supreme Court justice can literally be elected from some random person on the street, provided they make it through all the processing. Well, that's not quite what
0: incumbent means. Basically, an incumbent is someone who's already served as a congressperson and then got re-elected to continue serving as a congressperson. Instead of someone who's new to Congress. So they do have to be elected to Congress.
2: Yeah, but they don't have to be currently in Congress. No,
0: they are currently in Congress. That session starts on January 3rd, and one of the very first things they do is elect who will be the Speaker. So they do have to be in Congress. They just, so far, it's always been someone who's been part of Congress and decided will continue to be part of Congress by the midterm elections. Instead, it could be someone who's never been in Congress before.
1: Yeah, just, that would be really just like cool. The,
2: that would be really cool, but the same thing can be said of the Supreme Court justice. But precedents may have been made to be broken, but it doesn't mean breaking them is a good idea. True. Like, just because you can elect some rando off the street doesn't mean that's necessarily a good idea. These precedents exist for a reason. Well, it's not. it's not
0: necessarily a precedent, because... The Constitution, like, has requirements, right? So it's got some base things, but this isn't a constitutional requirement. Anyone can be the Speaker of the House as long as they're a member of Congress, an elected member of Congress. But it's never been someone who stopped being a member of Congress or is new to Congress. It's always been someone who's been in Congress for at least one term before.
2: Well, yeah, because the Speaker of the House is one of the most important people in Congress.
0: And they're, well, second in line to become the president, so,
2: yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, being at any point in the line of the presidency is pretty much a gamble. Because there are, like, 17 other people also in line to be president after the Speaker of the House. Well, yeah, you've got the
0: president, who's, you know, the current president. Then, first in line after the president is the vice you president. You have the
2: president, the vice president, the speaker, the senator pro tempore, and then the heads of, like, every single department of the government.
0: Um, the... Not necessarily the heads of every department of the government. No, like, instead. the department of... the
2: uh, Department of State, Department of Defense. Yeah, Security. it's
0: the members of...
1: Uh, the
2: members of the cabinet, the which cabinet, run all yeah. the departments all the major departments of the government and what out and the order it's in is based on the order they were established.
0: I don't remember all of that, but yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I
2: don't remember it all of it either. I just know it as a random tidbit. yeah
0: I'm I'm sure there's like a list on Wikipedia about it or yeah, you know, they're we probably can just go to the Constitution. That that'll also work.
2: Oh no the funny thing is this is this isn't part of the Constitution. This was actually homework left for the uh Continental Congress back when they wrote the Constitution. Like, we don't know the succession order. Somebody will figure it
0: out. Yeah, so they added it. Like, it's an amendment, right? I believe it is. I don't remember. Hold on. Let me double check. How was the presidential line of succession established? The U.S. Constitution and the Presidential Succession Act of 1947 outline the yeah, presidential it, order of it took executive. them
2: 200 years to decide that well oh wait oh yeah it's vice president speaker president pro tempore and then it's state treasury defense and secretary uh, and of state Justice. secretary of yeah yeah and then it just goes down the list for 16 people <laughs> yep
0: we've got you hear that we've got backups on backups
2: on backups <laughs> Oh, no, the funniest thing is, okay, so uh, the presidential line of succession gets really finicky if you get any more than five down that list. Yeah. So what'll happen is well, like, you have to resign day, your current job. At at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter
0: who is president. I mean, sure, they are the leader. They're the person with the most power, but they aren't all powerful. There's, like, checks and balances to make sure he can't go and Whoever the president
1: is can't abuse that power. Yep. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, and that's only if we ever
0: get that far down the list. Like, yeah, if you get like any more than five happen. down
2: the list, you're gonna start hitting rapid fire changes in political power, and that's not good.
0: Yep. Anyway, ready to move on to the next thing?
2: Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: All right, sounds good. Uh, the Russia-Ukrainian war took a dangerous turn on the 15th. A stray missile crossed the border and struck a village in Poland, killing oh, two no. people. <laughs> Oh, hey, I saw internet memes about this. Yes, you probably did see internet memes about this. Let's give a bit of background here. One of the reasons that Russia is invading Ukraine is that they, quote, want to protect against NATO aggression. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, is a defensive alliance whose key section of the treaty is Article 5, where an attack against one member state is considered an attack on all. Basically, if one country in the alliance is attacked, every other nation in the alliance must provide assistance and defense. It's only ever been invoked once, September 11th, 2001. The reason it hasn't been invoked during the Russian invasion so far is that Ukraine is only a prospective member of NATO. They haven't been able to join yet. But Poland is a member of NATO, and now that they've been hit by a missile... This situation got even more volatile. Investigations are still ongoing, as investigations like this usually do. Initially, Ukraine blamed Russia for the missile strike, considering that Russia did a mass bombing run on the same day. However, Russia claimed that their nearest strike to Poland was still more than 20 miles away from the border. Poland stated there was no evidence as to who fired the missile, and called Article 4 of NATO which requests a meeting if there's ever a precedence for it, and in this case, there was. Again, the investigation is ongoing, but as of right now, this is what presumably happened according to most major news networks and a pair of statements straight from the White House. Russia fired a few missiles at Ukraine. Ukraine fired interceptor missiles back, missiles designed to intercept and destroy incoming missiles. It seems that one of the Ukrainian interceptor missiles missed, and instead of self-destructing like it's supposed to, instead flew into a Polish village and exploded. If this is the case, the blame could be placed almost anywhere, with Russia for firing the offensive missiles in the first place, with Ukraine for owning and firing the missile that went off course, or with just plain old mechanical failure as
1: the defensive missile failed to intercept or self-destruct. Um, This compounds an earlier
0: issue, though. Back on March 10th, a Soviet-made reconnaissance UAV crashed in Zagreb, the capital of Croatia. The investigation surrounding that incident is complete, as it did happen several months ago. A Soviet-era Tupolev Tu-141, which acts more like a missile than a traditional aircraft, failed to return to its initial launch point and also failed to deploy its parachutes so instead it crashed barely 50 yards away from a student dormitory. There were no casualties, if you don't count the nearly 100 cars in the parking lot. In addition, the UAV only made it that far into Croatia because both Croatian, Romanian, and Hungarian radars did not identify it as a threat because there were several false alarms in the days before the crash. However, this incident is also complicated by the fact that Croatia is also a member of NATO, and if there were casualties, they would also be allowed to invoke Article 4 and possibly 5 as well. Another incident that could have led to Article 5 was the Zaforizia nuclear power plant located in Ukraine in a contested area. Russia refused to make a demilitarized zone around it, and still do, and due to constant shelling, mostly from Russia, compromised several reactors throughout that plant several times. That close call, though, was averted because the plant was finally shut down in September. But if that didn't happen, and there was instead a radiation leak that leaked into NATO countries, that might have also triggered Article 5. The longer this invasion goes on, the more likely this looks like it will blow up into World War three. All it might take is just a scratch of collateral damage. And Tempest asked how to join the Discord call. Um, So once you're in the Discord server... Go to the welcome and how-to channel. Make sure you read the uh, bright future section um, down there and then react with it below and you'll get the bright future role and be able to see the channel. So that way you can go and join the um, chat. It's got like a disclaimer um, that will let you know how to um, things that you can and cannot do basically in addition to these rules that I outlined earlier. So what do you think? Is this going to blow up
1: into World War III because a Ukrainian Hmm. missile missed? Honestly, if anything, going to blow up into a war because Russia keeps pushing the agenda. Yeah, because, like, the
0: worst part is they say NATO aggression, but NATO's a defensive alliance. It's
2: not an aggressive alliance. It doesn't mean they can't, okay, it's like, there is such thing as preemptive defense.
0: Uh, technically, yes, and technically you could say that this is preemptive defense, but still, like...
2: I can see things from Russia's point of view, but the problem is Russia's is notorious for lying.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's notorious for lying, let's be honest.
2: Yeah, again, as, as we've mentioned before on stream... Uh, cu- almost every country in the world. No, not almost. Literally every country in the world has has a skeleton in their closet they don't want to get out. Yep. Everything well, like, is built on the on the dead bones of at least one civilization. At well, the like point. if you
0: want to talk about lies during this war, do you remember the Moskva?
2: No, I did not. Okay, no,
0: I know the Moskva. Debatable if it still exists or not. The Moskva is a Russian, or possibly was. A Russian missile cruiser. It was one of their largest ships. And Ukraine claims to have sunk it. Russia claims that it made it back to a dry dock. (laughs) But it got hit with a pair of missiles. So, yeah, I don't know if if Ukraine (laughs) sunk it. They might have been able to do enough damage that it had to be scuttled or something. But Ukraine initially claimed
1: that they sunk it with all hands on board. No way. No way in hell. Yeah. So that's what happens. Russia may be morons, but one thing they don't
2: skimp out is on engineering.
1: Yeah. Except for Chernobyl, but we don't talk about Chernobyl. (laughs) Well I mean that's what Zephyrisia I
0: I can't pronounce the name of that power plant, but yeah. That's the problem with that, because the constant chilling, that thing has five nuclear reactors. Or it did. They're all shut down now. So We've at least
2: averted that. But can
0: you to imagine that? You could,
1: that, if you could you,
2: make an argument there that uh Russia was attempting to violate the Geneva Conventions. Well,
0: like, here's the thing. If Ukraine man, or if Russia managed to cause a radiation leak, that you know when Chernobyl melted down, that radiation went all over Europe. And Chernobyl
2: about, also was about two thirds it- of Europe is part of NATO. So Chernobyl is also a unique case study. Yeah. Chernobyl is the worst case scenario of what happens when a reactor melts down. It is True. not the, uh, that is not the case example. Though. If you're well, lucky, the reactor well, what, just goes yeah. cold. If you're oh, lucky, so, one go. of the 20 other failsafes that are put into the reactor kick in and uh, the reactor shuts off.
0: Yeah, you just use all of the failsafes. like, come on.
2: Yeah, like, there are, they have a ton of failsafes in case anything in that reactor doesn't work properly. And most of them are just shut off the reactor.
0: What do you think, Tempest? Are we going to get a nuclear meltdown and all die? (laughs) Uh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, the the power plant is now completely shut down. That was shut down in September, so we don't have to worry about that problem. But still, like, there have been way too many close calls in
2: this thing. The biggest problem is the UN might decide to intervene with that one because uh, the Geneva Convention. Uh, Didn't to get, get everybody like else to mobilize. Like, you have to remember, the Geneva Conventions are a thing and an argument could be made that if the power plant was manned, uh, assault against uh, civilian targets is prohibited by the Geneva Convention. Yeah. And this is very clearly a war. And I believe Russia oh, at this point, is still part of the U.S. It's definitely
0: UN. a war, not a special military exercise. Stop calling it that, yeah. Russia. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's like it's very clearly a war and the UN could make an argument that this is against the Geneva conventions and either start laying sanctions or one of the other half like half hundred nations in NATO that not NATO and the UN that actually give a shit will start laying shit on Russia. It's more likely to escalate into like a world war if the UN starts complaining. True, but like also if Russia
0: misses and hits something of NATO and Article 5 yeah, and, it, it and then all of NATO mobilizes. Then all of NATO mobilizes against Russia.
2: Yeah, which is kind of the meme, but it's like, it, imagine if it instead of it hitting like Poland, it had hit somewhere else. There would be a lot well, more well, uproar about it. It than was there is a
0: Ukrainian now. missile that hit Poland. It wasn't a Russian missile, but it was a Ukrainian defense missile designed to shoot down a hostile Russian missile. But it yeah, like, missed.
2: Arguments
1: can Failed to self
0: destruct and somehow flew across the border into
1: Poland. I think that one's just freak accident, to be honest. Yeah. But still, like, horrible. And you could
0: put the blame at anyone there. I don't think there's precedent to actually invoke Article 5, but...
2: The thing is, if it's Russia's... If it was Russia's missile, they probably would have invoked Article 5, because you have to remember, way too much of the world already has a an axe oh, to grind against yeah. Russia in specific.
0: <laughs> well, it's not even Russia. It's just one.
2: It's just Putin. Putin's an idiot. That's,
0: that's what this is. Nope,
2: well, definitely. Russia's also done a really good job of pissing off uh, most of NATO for the better part of 50 years.
0: Yeah, that's also true. Want to talk about someone else who's been pissing off NATO? Mm-hmm. North Korea is at it again. They've been testing more ballistic missiles. So far this year, they fired off more than 88, and their more, most recent one was launched on Friday, November 19th. It landed 130 miles off the coast of Japan. Both hey, Vice U.S., and how
2: are those sanctions going?
0: Yeah, both <laughs> Vice President Harris and the NSC spokesperson Andreen Watson put out statements condemning these actions. After all, these continued tests constantly violate multiple UN security agreements. Unfortunately, there isn't much we can do to discourage North Korea except shaking a finger at them and flying some jets close by as a show of force, because if we did any more, we might risk serious issues with China, considering that they're North Korea's closest ally. In fact, China's the only country that North Korea has an actual binding treaty with. But this might be changing. The Chinese government also seems worried about North Korea's nuclear weapons program, just as like we are. Finally. Still, if this can be resolved diplomatically, that would certainly be best. After all, most people in North Korea are just innocent bystanders trying to go about their daily life. It's only the leadership that's overtly hostile and closed off from the rest of the world. Still, I think their government should focus on what the people want and need instead of nuclear weapons. After all, light bulbs might be helpful. North Korea's energy infrastructure is obsolete, power shortages are chronic, and couldn't even be helped by improving the electricity production because the grid is so poorly maintained that 30% of electricity is lost before it ever reaches its de- destination. Not to mention their roads. Only 450 miles out of the total 16,000 miles of roads in North Korea are actually paved. The only positive thing I can see coming out of their nuclear program is fixing that energy generation problem, but again, the grid is so poorly maintained that putting more energy in is just losing 30% of that. So let's talk more about the actual test. Friday's test missile flew 3,700 miles up and 650 miles across. This is really stupid, An ICBM doesn't need to go that high. After all, the atmosphere extends 62 miles above sea level. The only reason to go 3,700 miles up would be to shoot down high-orbit satellites or something, which you could do with a net, not a nuclear warhead. Officials say that the missile was launched at such a steep angle to show that it could reach the United States, but that also doesn't make sense. There's a difference between getting high above the planet and making it across an ocean. Getting to space is easy, as I said before, it's only 62 miles up, but it's staying there that's hard. To get into orbit, you need to go sideways really fast. The International Space Station, 250 miles up, is moving sideways at nearly 5 miles a second. Fast enough to make one complete orbit every 90 minutes. The higher you are, the slower you need to go, like getting further away from an axle on a wheel. So the height does matter, but if you burn all your fuel getting high and you can't go sideways at all, and then you splash down 130 miles short of your target. That's why usually ICBMs only go 2,000 miles up or less instead of 3,700. Not to mention, if North Korea's target is the United States, they have to go 10,000 miles sideways, not 600. I'm no rocket scientist, but your parabolas look off, and I don't think you could tweak them enough to strike the United States, maybe you'd be able to hit Guam, which is 2,100 miles away, but I think it would still fall
1: short. It's possible, it's just not likely. Just not likely,
0: yeah. I mean, math is math is one of my stronger issues, but I don't like parabolas very much. So Parabolas uh, are a
2: pain in the ass. Yeah,
0: no kidding. So I basically ignored those and decided not to try and figure out math of nuclear ICBM parabolas you wouldn't,
3: you wouldn't, to write this episode. You wouldn't figure it out in the first place, no matter how hard you tried.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Remember, it's a, it's a test that they're doing. They're not fully sure of how it's far it can It's a test that launched go. it
0: 3,700 miles up and landed 130 it's miles short go. of Japan.
2: It's a test, how but it was an inefficient go. test. Like, if they wanted to test if they could hit the U.S., they would have been launching it into the Pacific, not towards Japan. Why yeah. have? To
0: well, they the were US.
1: launching it into the That's Pacific. How Japan is... the U.S. One to the, the north, the
3: not islands? to their west.
1: Yeah, well, it did maybe land they, near maybe waters, they'd be able to hit Guam, north which north. is a
0: United States territory yeah. and would constitute a proper retribution against them. But Guam is 2,100 miles away from North Korea, so yeah. I don't think it would still reach
3: it. Hit near Japanese waters on Friday. So, yep. what do you think? yep it was launched on friday that that's normally when i
0: start researching these episodes and then i write them over the next two days what a waste of a friday look
1: we have a battery Yep.
0: all right this part will hit a little close to home i've talked in the past few episodes about my rent let's let's go over more of my finances and this is personal information so might bleep some of this in post i don't know Before taxes, I get paid about $3,000 a month. After taxes, that drops to about $2,600 that actually gets in my pocket. Almost immediately, a whole third of that has to go straight to rent. And at the end of my current lease, my landlord is increasing my rent by 10%, which I can't afford, especially on top of these incoming medical bills. So I have to move. To be honest, I was pretty stressed about it, but I found a complex I like that's a five-minute walk from my work, a little larger than my current apartment, and it's cheaper. Everything's already been set and everything, the only hitch now is due to the surgery, I can't move anything myself, but I can instead hire a packing and moving crew for apparently just a few hundred bucks. I even gave myself about a week of overlap so I can properly clean and settle, and also iron out any issues that might arise, just in case. Apart from the actual move, the only thing I'm missing is a microwave. Still, rent is the most expensive thing out of my paycheck, and constantly feels like it's suffocating me. But the White House had a meeting on tenant protections and rental affordability. I hope they got somewhere on this. The article says that it's a readout, so it's not like it should be a recording or written transcript of everything said during the meeting. Instead, it's just a summary. Participants discussed the need for clear and fair leases, the importance of tenants' rights to organize without fear, and the right of tenants to safe, decent, and affordable housing. All of these things sound great, just like how the title of the Inflation Reduction Act and the Marijuana Pardon sounded great until I read a little deeper. There doesn't seem to be any transparency here. I don't know what was actually said in this meeting, or if any progress was made on correcting these issues. I guess for now I'll have to rely on state and city requirements or housing to protect me against possible infestations, mold, or
1: other potentially hazardous living. After all, you hear bad things about almost every apartment complex. Anything you guys want to add?
3: I am not from the U.S., and yeah. my country's system is not that bad, so, well, you know.
2: Well, the only thing I can say is that they can do all they want, but until they, you know, abolish capitalism, there's not much they're going to do I don't think abolishing it. capitalism yeah. is what's going to solve this. No, because, okay, hear me out, are out here. Like hear me out
1: here. Abolish- okay,
2: uh, I'll hear you out. We live in a capitalist society that's it's just part oh, of what has been that. developed over like 500 plus years. The world goes round because money goes round. And mm-hmm. uh, if money keeps going round and they can keep making a profit, they're going to keep hiking prices up as much as, much as people are willing to pay for it. Now, I'm not saying go to communism. Communism's a whor- even yeah. even wor- an objectively worse idea than capitalism. But at the same time, capitalist economics is,
0: well, I suppose greed would be what the problem (laughs) is.
2: Like, honestly, I've actually had a discussion with someone over this. Uh, Fascist economics isn't a bad idea. The idea being that the government has some degree of control over businesses. To prevent this kind of shenanigans, although this would require the government to be functionally moral people, even though that won't happen. That
0: kind of does exist in my area. There's a it's it's called section eight, where housing is made really cheap for some people. But that housing is also usually really bad, and those people don't have the tools needed to protect themselves against, again, possible infestations, black mold, or other potentially hazardous things.
1: The problem is, applying for Section 8 also just takes fucking forever. True. Like, I was going to apply for Section 8 when I lived in Oregon,
0: and I just never
2: got around to it, because it just takes too long.
0: If you limit how much a landlord can charge for certain tenants, but not all of them, wouldn't they just increase the rent on the ones that they don't have limits on?
2: Uh, Yes and no, it depends. It ultimately hinges on two factors supply and demand and uh you know the a- the average income of the area they live
0: in yeah and for me that's three thousand dollars a month with 30 percent taxes so i get
2: <laughs> at most a thousand dollars a month working what is effectively minimum wage yeah and i hate to be the one to point this out But uh, I should not have to devote my entire 60 60 plus hour pay period a month just for rent.
0: Just for, oh yeah, because you got to- Oh wait, no, yeah, Uh,
2: I get about 2,000, I get about, yeah, I get about 1,000 a pay period because my pay periods are every two weeks. And you probably got to pick
0: up a bunch of overtime or a second job too if you're on minimum wage.
2: Yeah, uh, thankfully I live with my family so I pay a whopping like $70 in rent. Oh, well that's, well that's
0: really helpful actually, but yeah. Like yeah, oh, like, I do The reality is, I live my unless own, you I, have I somebody paid. to help pay for that, it's like no. I get paid three times minimum wage, and I'm I'm still struggling.
2: Yeah, like uh, when I lived in Oregon, uh, my mom got paid thirty dollars an hour to drive a bus. Minimum oh. wage in that in the Portland metro area was. 13 like 13 dollars an hour
0: price of living there is probably a little bit higher than where it is now though i Uh, live in the midwest a studio
2: in downtown portland was in the realm of a thousand dollars a month yeah that's more than my
0: apartments are gonna be so like the only qualm i have about this apartment that i'm moving into is i can't find an apartment complex around me that's non-smoking
2: uh do you have asthma
0: i don't have asthma or anything no but i just hate the smell of cigarette smoke So I'm trying to find a good way to erase smells like that. I've got an air purifier in my apartment here. Have you
2: considered Febreze? (laughs) That just
0: covers it up. (laughs) That just covers it up. I discovered. I discovered. I discovered discovered something called zeolite, which is some sort of. It's basically a rock that absorbs odors. That sounds sketchy as hell.
2: (laughs) That does sound sketchy as hell. Well, you'd think
0: about um, it, but they use it in morgues to cover up the smell of death, so I think it would work.
3: <laughs> we do there not, are other okay. ways... Okay, um, for the thing for Febreze, do not, it is bad, do not do it. Febreze and smoking, do not take it as a person who has lived next to smokers his and entire also, life. Well, like, I don't want to just tie it, though. though. I want to
0: actually, like,
2: get I mean, rid of
0: it, right? Yeah. Honestly, like,
2: I work with a bunch story. of smokers. I've learned to just exist in cigarette smoke. Well, if you can go nose good. blind it's, to it, that would be though. helpful too. But... I'm nose that blind in not general good. and I still smell that shit. That is not that good. Like, oh that is not God. good. Why are you all happy about this? That is not good. Uh, yeah. dude, uh, you have to understand, I'm already disabled. Like, another disability won't kill me.
3: So am I, but that is not... You shouldn't be happy to be accustomed
2: to that. Well, I'm accustomed to it because it's a cust- it's it's part of U.S. living at this point. Like, if you work na- anywhere near minimum wage, you are going to have some form of an unhealthy coping mechanism. Just because working life in America is that shit. What did you do? It is that objectively are,
0: okay. bad. We need to wrap up this episode before you wreck this base even more.
1: <laughs> so what I got one mean? more section. <laughs> you ready?
0: yeah all right the last thing i wanted to mention was international men's day which is celebrated november 19th every year since 2009 the only reason i even knew about this holiday because on saturday i was just browsing and saw a joke about how international men's day is basically ignored or worse not even known about which naturally yeah, I got me thinking it. and yeah. learning more about it the project was first celebrated on the 7th of february 1992 by thomas oster However, he rather quickly the holiday rather quickly died out until Jerome Tikeleth revived it in 2009 and chose November 19th to honor his father's birthday. It has six clearly defined primary objectives: to promote positive, positive male role models, not just movie stars but everyday working-class men; second, to celebrate men's positive contributions to society, community, family, childcare and environment. Third, to focus on men's social, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Fourth, to highlight discrimination against men in areas of social service, social attitudes, and law. Fifth, to create a safer, better world where people can reach their full potential. And lastly, sixth, to improve gender relations and promote equality. Which is ironic, considering one of the most common criticisms of International Men's Day is that it's straight-up unnecessary. Women's Day exists to draw attention to oppression due to patriarchy, and many feminists claim that Men's Day celebrates privileged men who benefit from said patriarchy. However, these six clearly outlined goals just flatly disprove that. Let's compare Men's Day to Women's Day in a more in-depth way. I've basically known about Women's Day my whole life, in the same way that I've known about St. Patrick's Day and Thanksgiving. The date Women's Day is celebrated on has changed several times, but the earliest reported observance was on February 28th, 1909, in New York City. Its dates across various countries changed, often, until the German version was adopted by the United Nations in 1975 and has been celebrated every March 8th since. There's a lot more history to it, like why March 8th was chosen, claims say it commemorates a protest by garment workers in New York back in 1857. However, many researchers say this is probably a myth. I, as always, encourage you to research more. The thing I want you to take away, though, is that Women's Day has been around longer than Men's Day and is also a lot larger. Earlier, I mentioned that Men's Day has clear goals outlined, six foundational pillars. But Women's Day? I couldn't find any clear goals or outlines other than just to support women. Granted, Women's Day is a lot older, so it can afford to be vague, but you know me, I I like straight facts. Also, compare the media coverage. I didn't even know Men's Day existed until I just happened across this one meme that led me down this path of research. Another thing is, on most holidays, the President will put out a statement to commemorate the occasion, and Biden's done so for Women's Day both this year and last year. But on Men's Day? Nothing. The only reason I even knew about Men's Day again was because I was just scrolling around the internet when I came across a joke about how it's basically ignored. Which finally leads me to the question that's keeping me up in the day. If it's basically ignored, should there be a men's day? Well, of course, in every country except China, the rate of suicide in men is substantially higher than women. In some cases, as high as six times as many men than women. In addition, life expectancy is less for men than women in all countries. To address this, the Global Action on Men's Health asked the World Health Organization, Center of Disease Control, and other public health bodies and governments to acknowledge the scale of these issues facing men, and to take constant actions to solve them alongside action to improve the health of women. In addition to this, Sonia Starr conducted a study that found in the United States, men serve on average 63% longer prison sentences than women who commit similar crimes. Fun fact, this statistic is the only one on Wikipedia's gender inequality page that is against men. Despite this, though, many others exist. According to the CDC, more than 95% of combat deaths and 80% of suicides are men. According to the Federal Bureau of Prisons, 93% of prison inmates are men. According to Weinman Family Law, men only get custody of their kids in 19% of divorces. None of this is to put down the inequalities towards women, but these issues facing men are barely even discussed in the mainstream. And on the one day that we're supposed to, on Men's Day, well, most of us don't even know that
1: it exists. So, did you know about Men's Day?
3: From memes, yes, actually. From memes, memes, that's Um, you see. Well, did
0: you know about it prior to this year?
3: Yeah, about two years ago, because a whole bunch of women stormed a building where there was having it was International Men's Day about two years ago, so just before COVID. And yeah, a whole bunch of women stormed the building and like telling the men to like kill themselves and it shouldn't be important because like, you know, all the abuse women face, so you should know that and, you know, um, about half the men in that building killed themselves a year later. So, yeah. No. Well,
0: I'm, I'm trying to properly build a base here, so I'm gonna have to go and redo all of this, but yeah. What about you? Did you know about Men's Day and it everything? No. No, i didn't know jack
2: shit about it until i saw an internet meme like wait what
0: yeah like nobody knew about it it's been a thing since 1992 and been remade in um uh what's it called 1990 or er, in
3: 2009 sorry okay but the you share? i didn't know there was an even... international Women's day until like two years ago as well either yeah. so you know <laughs>
0: Well, the best part is, there's a yearly theme as well about International Men's Day. Like, what it wants to accomplish, right?
3: Yeah, you want better mental health.
0: Well, no, there, those are six foundational pillars, but there's also, like, one specific focus used every year as well.
3: And what would that be?
1: For this year, uh, it was uh, children.
3: Like uh, about... to improve
1: child care for men's childcare.
3: To be fair, child it care, and what fair, child care in America
1: made? in general? Can use fucking help?
3: Yeah, it really can. Um, but like, what about child care stuff? Like, how, how how do you make it better? Well,
1: you honestly, give them more
0: positive role models, not just you know movie stars and stuff, but also
2: um, honestly, that's one way. And hear me out here, because this is, as speaking as a neurodivergent person, the uh, system in place to uh, raise children in general, you know, the school system that's supposed to teach everybody? Yep. Mm-hmm. It does not handle neurodivergent people at all.
3: Uh, well, it kind of wasn't really meant to, per se. The
2: problem isn't that it should be meant to. The problem is, is it sh- still should be able to to some degree. Because again, like we have the people with uh, autism that are just labeled as learning, as uh, class issues and learning problems and just yeah, shipped off happened. somewhere else to let other people deal After
3: with I it. Classes, yeah.
2: I hopped three schools in, during the duration of my high school career because nobody
3: could fucking handle it. Yeah, because some teachers just give up. There are some good teachers that will try to help, but.
1: Yeah, but not, the problem is the, minor, are...
3: the vocal,
2: vocal majority.
3: Yeah. Again, because well, one, you know, your country, you know, just kind of doesn't seem to pay teachers enough for them to actually really and truly care that hard. And um, two, most people, to be honest, don't know about these types of things like neurodivergent. A lot of people, yeah, like, and don't... that should be something oh, I didn't that know should about be it. common. He
1: just mentioned it now.
3: Neurodivergence
2: <laughs> is a blanket term used to describe neuroatypical people. People with autism, ADHD, ADD, things of that
3: nature. Basically, it's a spectrum, in a sense of. It,
2: it's a spectrum. It's a, it's a spectrum in a broader sense, like how autism is a spectrum.
3: I guess you could say it's a spectrum of like mental disabilities. Yeah. To put it in like an easy way to understand. But a lot of yeah, people like, don't know about these, and because they don't know, they won't really even bother to try to help. Yeah,
2: like ignorance is bliss,
3: after all. It, so. In this case, not at all. It makes it worse. It can lead to your child being abused. It could lead to um the child being held back without any help whatsoever. The child growing up to be like a killer, a murderer, because there was nobody there to help them. Or well, the thing is,
2: people can't uh people can't be offended over things if they never bothered to learn.
3: No, but they can't feel guilt.
2: Yeah, you can't feel guilt either if you never if you didn't know you did something wrong
3: they'll they learn because well, you know when they die,
2: <laughs> it's a sad reality of the world we live in where things that should be common knowledge are things that have to actually you put time and effort on your own expense to uh learn because apparently nobody bothered
3: to tell you. not just nobody bothered to tell you the people that know when they try to spread it, it just be kind of becomes played down, yeah. It's like the same thing when Seth was talking about for, like, um, Men's Day and stuff. It it just gets played down because, well... Or straight
0: deleted,
2: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like, honestly, uh, Men's Day suffers from what uh, I like to refer to as uh, inverse sexism, for lack of a better term. What's ultimately happening is... uh, No, it's it's just sexism. That's what it is. Well feminism no, has this like... big issue where anything related like especially straw man feminism has this big issue with any with males being given any sense of priority over literally anything, primarily because men were that way for centuries upon centuries, but at the same oh. time, like the inverse isn't the solution like the wage like i love I love to reuse this example the uh, male to female wage gap. It is a thing. It does it exist, is a thing. yes. It does exist, but it is not nearly as bad as feminists like to say it is. It's also not
0: nearly as simple, either. Like,
2: Yeah, it, like, a lot of it stems from the reality that men have a different body type than women and are naturally suited to handle, at least from a biological standpoint, naturally suited to handle different jobs better than women. Primarily and physical work, which has higher
1: respect. A lot more. Well, no,
0: I was going to say it, it
2: the, the thing Man. that
0: actually really causes it is um when you have kids who becomes the stay-at-home parent.
2: Yeah, it's like And if it also stems parent, from the proportion of working people in society.
0: And if you're the stay-at-home parent, you um well, you aren't continuing you aren't to earning work, an income. You aren't earning an income, but you're also not getting bonuses. Yeah, um, like you're not
2: contributing you're, not you're contributing to the wage gap, but you're not contributing to the wage gap and people think you're contributing to it.
3: I'm sorry, but it's a not, whole thing. It's law where you know, if you're pregnant and you're working at the place, you get paid leave for a certain period of time. So Yeah, maternity know. leave. Yeah, maternity yeah. leave.
2: Like there was that I I cannot believe I've had this I actually had this discussion before. I remember having a discussion over whether or not men should get maternity leave.
1: They do. In some work, places, they them. don't. Yeah. In a uh, lot of, what a what lot what of places, they I don't. And it's very concerning. Places. Oh
3: Because well, you wouldn't really, how to put this, when, when you say maternity leave, you think, okay, she's pregnant, she just had a child, she needs to recuperate. That's what you would think of. But you needs to spend you,
0: time with the child. <laughs> that's, that's what know? I just said
3: you
0: guess? he said recuperate not spend time with, and the, the, child. with
3: the child although this <laughs> does also transition
0: a little child. bit
2: into uh, gay rights how? Uh, surrogate parents are a thing oh yeah cause the, like adoption oh, uh, no oh, uh, what that. surrogate parents are is you effectively you pay someone
1: to carry the child for you Yeah. again I forgot that was an existing thing yeah, but the thing is, like, it was a thing
2: for a while, from what I've heard. Uh, I, male, uh, male homosexual couples could not get maternity leave because stupid people were being
1: stupid.
3: Mm, yes, violent stupid people.
1: Yeah, stupid people being stupid people. Unfortunately, I feel
2: like that's how I can describe the vast majority of dumb shit in our society. It's just, hey, stupid people are being stupid again. And everybody will believe that because it just makes sense.
3: Not just stupid, dangerously unaware. Dangerously
2: unaware is...
3: Criminal ignorance should be a thing. Like,
2: I hate to be the one to say this, but you should not be exempt from
3: blame because you are unaware of something. I never said they should. I just said that they're unaware, and it's dangerous that they're unaware. Yeah. Like, like, really dangerous.
1: Like, key example is anti-vaccines. Like, people are
2: literally dying because these people are so criminally under, unaware of how vaccines
3: actually function. Uh, Not just that, actually. What's more dangerous is how to put this? When one idiot spreads lies and the people that are there that don't bother to do any sort of research on it whatsoever become the victims of that and they too spread it and by they i mean mostly older men and women you know the the older people you can go it
1: also... it's fine
3: yeah just call and over. then hold on and then they which is even worse by the way i should mention force that opinion on their children god help us all
2: okay so this ultimately stems to uh, occam's razor A uh, simplest solution is likely the easiest and uh no. what is simpler actually uh, just believing face of mouth or actually doing research
0: now, occam's razor states the simplest assumption that makes or the simplest explanation that makes the least assumptions are more likely to be correct.
2: Yeah, it's like it's ultimately, it ultimately suffers from Occam's Razor, but because it's just so simple that nobody everybody will just take it at face value
3: and just assume there's no assumptions made. Yeah, that's actually correct. I have experienced this with one very simple thing just about a couple days ago. I have been seeing um, I think the Wrong for my entire life. Not thinker. God, not thinker. Um, pharynx. Wrong for my entire life. I have been pronouncing it with an S. There was never an S. I have been pronouncing it for 10 years with an S. No one ever bothered to correct me.
1: Pronouncing what with an S?
3: But thought, thought, thought. God, I'm trying to say it without an S now <laughs> and I'm actually choking. Pharynx. Pharynx? No, pharynx—the thing in your throat behind the. God damn it. Larynx. No. <laughs> that's that's in front. That's behind
1: it. Uh, let me.
3: Oh goddamn it!
1: Wait, hold um,
3: up. I'm. I just got DM flooded. It's um.
2: Uh... It's just, just oh no! DMing oh it. no! He's oh no! Oh no! Okay, real shit. Uh, my friend is watching.
1: Well, oh, I'm pharynx. pretty much done with this. Episode. Oh, pharynx. Yeah, um,
2: oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah I can see how you would think that's pronounced
3: with an S I, can I have that. been asking this for 10 years I have never bothered to actually check it up until uh, like a couple of days ago when I was like talking with someone and, they, and I kept pronouncing it with an S and I was like what, are you, what is wrong with you and I, I didn't know what they were talking about For so a whole half an hour through the whole they kept asking what is wrong with you and I was like there's no S in it and I was like there's no S in it but I Because I kept thinking of it as sphincter, so I just kept going back and forth between it. So yeah, I'm
0: gonna have to do some editing here because we got way (laughs) off topic.
2: Honestly, this isn't
1: too. No, I mean it's not too far off
2: topic, but we'll 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 see if I keep it or not. It's all connected. It's all connected. Nothing (laughs) exists in a vacuum.
3: There's still it's still in the topic of misinformation and misassumptions and wrong, you know. Stupidity. Ultimately,
2: a lot of problems in our society can be deduced to, uh, especially in America, or literally any democratic society ever, you can boil it down to one big overarching thing. The, the masses, for the most part, are uninformed, and the vocal majority, if they are uninformed,
1: outweigh the, the informed minority ten times out of ten. Not just that. It's the fact that
3: when they are informed, they choose to just disbelieve it and then, you know, continue like, on. Even if you put, 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 give them an essay, a whole article from the exact place that it was yeah, researched People from will choose it, to
2: be uninformed you know. if only because it is easier. Yeah. Well,
3: unless but, you
0: listen to this podcast episode where I literally encourage you to go and do more research.
2: <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, uh, with the vast majority of the population, unless you actively beat them over the head with it, they aren't going to learn. So I and a lot and of the time, even if you the do it, with a it doesn't. Bat with this show's yeah. logo on it. No, no, it's like no, no, you no. could no. beat them over the head with the like. I shit you not. In the early two thousands, we did the same uh, routine with anti vaccines. Doctors we literally sat... it's right now. No, 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 no the no, early 2000s, back in like 2002, the time. 2003. Like the time. Back when this first cropped up. We were actually, we had doctors actively explaining to parents in detail vaccines. And their response was, polio. the vast majority of them, their response was, yeah, but I'm still not going to vaccinate my child.
3: That's what made polio spread. Yeah, it's the
1: reason polio and measles pop back up. Like, what the hell? We have
2: and reached a and day and age where it is easier to be stupid than to actually be informed because being stupid means, oh, hey, look, I don't have to actually put forth any effort. I can just do whatever I think makes sense, regardless of okay. if it actually does so.
3: But then that causes the problem of, oh my god, this person is so dumb that they're literally going to kill hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, like it's the same thing as drinking bleach. People fucking died from that shit.
2: And it genuinely makes me angry. Like, who thought drinking hydrogen peroxide was a good idea? Like, like, oh, let's drink bleach as a meme was a thing? And then people actually did it, and they fucking died. Apparently, you know, forgetting that hydrogen peroxide is bad for you.
3: Um, um, oh, um, um, this, uh, oh god, uh, the thing with the crates and stepping on the dying, leg-breaking thing. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: Um. What? What was the name of it? Do the, I, I want to know? The,
2: people, like, uh, people, people. were being idiots. Okay, they understandable. They were just stacking,
3: they were just stacking crates of, like, you know, like, alcohol crates, where like, having stacks and stuff yeah. like that? They just kept stacking it up as to high as possible to see can you make it to the top and back down without either dying or breaking and body part?
0: Why would you intentionally do? Well, you know what? Never mind. Internet cloud. It yeah. was
3: literally the same reason
2: people were getting uh, throat issues because of the cinnamon challenge. Internet Actually, cloud. That is literally t- that is literally ninety percent of the reason people do stupid things now.
3: And like destroying, where people like are just destroying like supermarkets and stuff, or like the thing with protesters and like smacking cakes against wax figures and, like, pouring milk all over the supermarket floor. Oh, yeah, the vegans who were protesting
1: people
2: buying milk. I actually heard about that. Funniest shit I've read on the internet, I swear to God, but at the same time, it made me go, seriously?
3: What was actually what made me sad about that was a time where they were protesting in the road, like, they were blocking the entire street. Like, Literally. I don't know why I caught it and just run them over. I really wished one of them wouldn't run them uh, over. because if you run them over, then you're at fault. Yeah, I know, yeah, but that's I would rather
2: murder.
0: Go, I, I would
3: rather run. Yeah, them over but then again, I hate
2: to be man. the one to say this, but just because it's murder doesn't mean it isn't a good idea so <laughs> the burglar that's is breaking into
0: my <laughs> house. Yes, yeah, me when it. the burglar is breaking not into my there. My let's, my
3: let's not go there. That exactly is the problem. Um, the whole communist thing, you know, camp murdering you know um, well, that brings morals into question that brings morals
0: into question like that, that's
2: morals? The what are those you act <laughs> exactly. like i am i am bound by your ethical constraint
3: that's the problem that's what I are <laughs> it's your ethical constraint not everyone else's it's yours what you like and what you dislike
2: like the reality is a lot of this could be solved if we just you know got rid of the internet
3: no that well,
2: would cause I feel like that would also them cause, them cause them the collapse
0: up. of society at this point so it, it
2: would it would be absolutely hilarious when the internet goes down but at the same time like you also have to realize a lot of people are being misinformed because of the internet that is true um nothing is- on the internet is fact like nothing outside of wikipedia is fact checked anymore and it's hilarious that I could honestly go to Wikipedia and still consider it a better source than any non-government uh, approved site.
1: Because it's Wikipedia yeah, and they have, have sources.
3: You're not wrong, but people choose to completely ignore those sources and don't look at it at all. Yeah, it's... how many <laughs> of you seen that uh, uh,
2: internet series of Google was a guy? Oh, oh, I, love the, that. Yeah, I have that one million it. results that say vaccines don't cause autism and then i have one vaccine uh, one result that does
3: and it's a, um and it's a blog <laughs> and
2: it's a blog yeah, post instead of yeah yeah just take and then they just take the one result and off they go it's like it doesn't matter if the out if the vast if the vocal majority says no this is not how this works Because ultimately on the internet, you can find the one result that agrees with you and then just go, oh, see, I knew it.
3: No, hold on. That's that's where it gets even more dangerous. If there's not even one, not even one, they will take the exact article about this being good and take a very small line from it and then use that line to make something up that never existed. It's
2: It's extremely easy to take things on the internet this purposely out confirmation of Confirmation bias? Of is that what you're talking about? Uh, it's, uh, it's effectively uh, taking things out of context. That would right.
0: Yeah, confirmation. I guess that that is also. It, it's, it is bias.
2: ultimately confirmation bias. Like, they will do, a lot of people will do anything in their power in order to prevent having to contend with the fact that they're wrong. Because well, being, having to contend with the fact that they are wrong is absolutely crippling for so many people for some reason.
3: And not just that. Some people are just like, um, "I'm getting paid to do this." Yeah, like him, so. again,
2: reporters in the 2000s when
3: anti-vax was going on. Uh, any any um company, uh, any news station currently under Sunflare? Is that Sunflare right? Who owns BBC and NBC and Fox News and all those type of stations all at once? Uh, I don't sure. remember. It's Sun, Sunflare or something like that.
1: God damn it! Who owns That sounds so wrong to search up. But ultimately, a lot
2: of this just ultimately just boils down to. Like we started are this
0: conversation with Men's Day, and it just gone yeah, all the way around. Like
2: the this. reason Men's Day is not known ultimately comes down to a group of people are and stupid, and that group of people has way too much influence. And power. Like. Ultimately, if it weren't for feminism, like uh, straw man feminism, which is ultimately a lot of feminism these days, uh, Men's Day wouldn't have been just completely forgotten about because people would actually, you know, not be discrediting it. But at least,
0: like, there were memes this year so that people know that it exists. Yeah, like,
3: every year, there are memes every year, Seth. Yeah, there are memes
2: every year, and somehow this is still a thing that's happening.
3: Like, what, why? Why are we still here just to suffer? Yeah, that's why. Year, every year. It's like no, not November. It's every year. No, not November. Why are you gets talking about fame. this now? No, no, it's 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 the fact that it gets more fame than something that should be way more important. Yeah, like, you know, like mental health of you know uh, uh, November. The
2: actual
1: majority of our population. Also, I somehow died. Rip. That's you know in the working class.
3: Did that sound too? That sound like
1: stupid. honestly, like real talk.
2: This is something I actually heard once, and it makes perfect sense now that I think about it. Um, if you're a man in this society, nobody cares. Nobody cares about you I because okay. ultimate...
0: I don't know who said this quote, but it's valid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Only women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. Men are only loved on the condition that they provide something. Yep.
3: Well, that's kind of like the whole. If
2: you're a man, you're expected to provide for everything. If you're a woman,
3: you get so much fucking slack. It isn't funny. That's the that's the funny part. We cause this. Well, not we. You know, the generation of males before they 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 put that in place, and then for the people that can't even get the thing, it causes this. The ultimate reality is over the past
2: couple of generations, we've really become fucking morons.
1: Actually,
3: like, it's not that we're really everybody... fucking morons. I no, like, mean... I hate
1: to be the
2: one to point this out, but the fact that we should be treating everyone equally was an unconditional, like, was treated as a fact of our world 30 years ago. But apparently, now right. it's this big thing. Like, when I was a kid, and it's like, hey, remember the Golden Rule? Like, yeah, we all remember the Golden Rule. Um, and then I look back at my school treated, years and yeah. like,
1: hey, remember? Hey, remember when this was a thing? Um, oh, yeah. Well. I... Hello,
0: welcome to the stream. <laughs>
1: we are well. I've, the way this works is, I normally have like a well. That's. Um, I don't Hello? remember exactly what oh. it is.
3: Oh.
0: No, who is this? Someone else is in the stream
3: no there's only wiggler you and me
0: oh okay well i completely spaced out for a second someone else joined the uh or someone just followed me on twitch thanks for the follow and welcome to the stream uh Uh, what's their
2: name be
3: the quest okay the name
2: sounds familiar i just don't remember where i've
3: heard it from. as i was trying to say before um it's not that we've become stupider that is absolutely wrong it's that we've come to acknowledge that we're really fucking dumb. Because before, they wouldn't even bother to acknowledge it at all, no matter how much damage it was caused, no matter how much lives were lost. Whether it be black, white, green, Asian, or this dude who's flipping purple, they would regardless not care at all, man, woman, or child. I'm
0: all over the they place, tr- I may have been in one yeah. of your streams before um it did say first time chat so if you were in one of my streams before you might not have chatted before um or i don't know because that is a new feature that twitch is doing the first time chat so um it'll give me like a highlight the first time someone says something so it might have been someone else's stream or something like that i don't know if anyone Mm -hmm. else does anything similar i know there are other podcasts also titled right yeah it might
2: just also be for confusing them with somebody else that is also a
0: thing but welcome to the stream uh The way this normally works is I've got like an essay every week about various events that happened. Um, And then I go to voice chat and other people can talk about it as well. And that's kind of where it's at. And then I just mostly listen after I finish my essay. So that's what I've been doing for a while.
3: This essay sounds like a newscast. It it is
0: more like a newscast, I suppose. Yeah.
3: Yeah. absolutely devoid of life.
2: (laughs) Ultimately, my only real concern these days is less that we're going to dig our own grave, and it's more so, we, are we going to get our shit together?
0: More so, are we going to fill in that grave without us in it?
2: Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's like, are we going to dig that hole because we can't get our shit together, or are we going to dig that hole out of our own volition?
3: Actually, I kind of believe we can straight up just kind of bullshit our way through existence right now. We can probably do it for the next 200 years. Maybe two- over the next couple of years, years, yeah, probably. Not 700, maybe like 275 to 345. 100 years.
0: All right. uh, I've got like over an hour to work with here that I'm definitely going to have to edit or trim down. So I think I'm going to end this episode of Bright Future here. If you're ever interested in any of the topics we discuss on this show, feel free to join the debate. These and other topics can be discussed at any time in my Discord server. Anyone is free to join when new episodes are recorded at 7 p.m. Central every Monday, also in that Discord server. If you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general, hit those follow, subscribe, or whatever other I like this buttons are available this week, and feel free to comment. If you'd like to support the show, check out our merch, which displays both the show's logo and some of these episodes' individual icons. But I'm all out of politics, just juice this week. So thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. New episodes
1: come out every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central. I'll see you back here next week.